All right, this one is gonna be a, a mega rant. So um, we'll just start out gently, get you into the mood, and then we're gonna hit it hard. So I was just reading through my uh, this, you know, as I do, because I really quite enjoy these. This, there you go. Um, just to prove a point on the word atheist and how it's, you know, being. Uh, sort of converged by uh, the more recent um, versions of it. But anyway, going through it, I came out another really interesting word, which I didn't know before, called amodite. Now, an amodite, instead of being some kind of bullet, is actually a sand burrower, a venomous snake, the sand natter, a species of viper found in southern Europe. That's one of the alternative meanings and two, the sand eel. So a sand burrower, it's, a, it's an interesting word because there's a lot of sand burrowers these days that hide from the truth of uh, reality. Um, it's spelled A-M-M-O-D-Y-T-E, just in case you were curious. And then of course the word atheist, which as has always been until very recently, one who denies or disbelieves the existence of a god. That's it. End of. That's all atheist means. So all of you spurgy, non-atheist, wannabe agnostics. That's what atheist means. Got to change your word to agnostic. Yeah. Get a dictionary. A good one. Not the online latest uh, you know, fad. But I wanted to rant about a couple of different things today. One of them being um, free speech. Now, this is going to offend everybody, especially if you're American. But you have to be a complete moron to believe in the idea of free speech. Or that such a thing can exist, or ever has existed, or ever will exist. Now I know, just hold your horses, you little spurgs, the ones that are going, but in the American law system, free speech means something else. No, no, no. Let's take it from the basics, right? I mean, I was 16, I think, when uh, somebody, uh, an American kid, come to our school and he was like, a, or, or American, it was an American-funded school, so it was probably in there before that, but it was sort of the first time I ever paid attention to such an idiotic concept. And I was like, what? You know, at the age of 16, it was patently clear to me that anybody that believed in such a thing as free speech was clearly mentally incompetent. There has never been anything such as free speech, and there never will be. <clears throat> as long as human beings exist, or really any other sort of conscious creature, um, free speech just doesn't exist, never has, never will. Why? Well, for a very simple reason. Certain speech will get you killed. Now, I've heard all sorts of arguments, so that's why I'm starting from the baseline. Let's go for the absolutist free speech. Anybody can say anything and it won't hurt you. No, that's never going to happen. I've even had an idiotic anarchist say, well, I'm an anarchist and I don't believe in government. And without a government, you can have free speech. And I was like, you would not last 30 seconds in an anarchic society. You would be killed purely for the fact that you're so fucking stupid that you don't even understand that. And the first time you open your mouth, say, I can say what I want, you'll be shot in the face. In the face. 
Let me put it to you this way. Do you think in a situation where the government just disappears tomorrow, let's say there's no, not even war, right? Let's say every branch of government just, poof, magically disappears tomorrow. Suddenly there are no cops telling you how fast you can drive. Nobody like arresting you if you do something wrong. No government deciding how fast your speed limit is. Uh, nothing. Nothing to prevent you from raping your neighbor if she's attractive and you just have an urge. Yeah. How long do you think society would last before people are eating each other in the street? A month? Because I think that would be very optimistic. I think within a week you'd be seeing horrific crime all over the place. And do you really think that in a situation like that, you would speak freely? No, you would shut the fuck up. Because the first person that you upset with one of your stupid thoughts that you voice out loud is very likely to bury a hatchet in your skull. So, hmm, the lack of government absolutely does not protect free speech. Trust me, I've lived in some far-flung areas of the world where it's absolutely clear to everybody what you can and can't say. And nobody says the things that you can't say. Yeah. Now, even within a government-controlled uh, uh, situation, where you have a government, whether it's a tribal chief leader or whether it's the massive deep state that the USA has, it doesn't matter. It's the same thing. You will not be allowed to say certain things without suffering some severe punishment that you don't want to suffer. And I do include and go all the way up to, and very quickly, death. You don't believe me? Well, try and spill the beans on what's really going on in Hillary Clinton's world. See how long it is before you commit suicide, with a little help from her friends. There is no such thing as free speech. There never has been any such thing as free speech. Just like unicorn farts do not teleport you to the moon, all right? It's about the same level of idiocy to believe in such a thing as free speech. There never has been, there never will be. Now, for all of those of you that would like to be lawyers later in life, but it's a legal term in the American legal system and it means that the government... Nah. You're a fucking idiot and a liar. And if you're a lawyer, you know, that's synonymous and I'm repeating myself, but there you go. No, it's not about shouting fire in the crowded theater. That's not the point of, oh, well, that's not free speech, but all other speeches protect this. No, it isn't protected at all, at all, all right? There's no such thing as free speech. There is speech that you're allowed to speak when it suits the powers that have power of literal life and death over you. Again, why don't you just spill the beans on what Obama really did, on who Mike, his husband, really is. Put a picture of that up online, see how long you last, right? It's, theoretically, there's nothing wrong with you telling the truth, right? Well, not quite the same, right? And now you're saying, oh, well, but, you know, people like, um, what's that tranny guy, the, the, the one that released all the stuff to WikiLeaks and then uh, then got put in jail, then got pardoned by Obama, then decided that uh, he was a woman. And I, I can't remember his name. Anyway, that guy. Oh, but, you know, he released state secrets. Well, so releasing state secrets is not allowed, so there's no free speech. 
oh, you can say what you want, but no, you can't. Um, you can't even boycott Israel if you're American now. Because it's going to be hate speech, you know. And, and if you say anything against Jews, it's hate speech. And if you say anything against homosexuals, it's hate speech. If you say anything against transgender freaks, like, you know, trying to pervert your five-year-old kids in the library, well, it's hate speech. And you actually get punishments for this. In the UK, you get arrested for sending a tweet to some tranny and calling him Bruce instead of Caitlin. You know, that's, there's never been such a thing as free speech. And there never will be. Let me give you another scenario. Assuming that you're actually a man. A man. And assuming that you're a good man. And assuming that you live in an ideal planet with no government, no police, because you're a high IQ person, an ethical, and a good, strong Catholic. Your doorbell rings. This freaky-looking guy comes there and goes, Hi, I'm your neighbor. I just moved in next door. And I just want to let you know you've got fabulous-looking little children. I happen to be a pedophile and haven't been caught yet. Nobody has done anything to me yet. And as soon as I catch one of your kids on their own for even just a second, I'm going to try and rape them. Right? Now, this person has come. Remember, it's an idyllic planet where there's no police. There's no government. Everybody is self-censoring. Everybody is ethical. Everybody knows how to behave. And I'm going to ask you, on that planet, you, a good, strong, moral, Catholic man, what do you do with that person? Because I know what I would do with that person. That idyllic planet. And make sure that planet stays idyllic. You can interpret that whichever way you want. So, <clears throat> that's free speech done. Now, I wanted to also have a little bit of a thing. You know, it's actually impossible to have a proper go at uh, Bergoglio, but um, I'll do a side side approach to it in that I'd like to wake up Catholics, nominal Catholics, cradle Catholics, those people who call themselves Catholics and they attend the Novus Orco Mass, those people who think they're Catholic because they were baptized when they were babies and they believe that Bergoglio is Pope and maybe they don't believe that Bergoglio is Pope but surely the Ratzinger is and no, the set of Acantists are crazy, and the set of Privationists are even more crazy, blah, blah, blah. Those guys. I want to wake you up. So, I've already made the uh, legal arguments multiple times. If you don't know what they are, scroll up and go click on videos and look for video number one. Um, they're all labeled. They all have a number in front of it. Now, video number one is slightly out of sequence, so it's not necessarily the very first video, but it, it's, it's there. You can find it. It's easy to find. Video number one and and two possibly, or one and three, something like that. There's the legal argument. It's clear. Don't believe me. Go look it up for yourself, right? So there is the uh, canon law argument, which is what I've just referred to. But um, and and that is an absolutely correct, unin uh, unassailable argument. There has literally been no refutation of that argument. You have a law, that law is broken, and the people that break that law are no longer clerics of the Catholic Church. End of. It's very simple. Now, that said, 
you know, there is a principle in, in Catholicism that, of course, um, you should be prudent and uh, also have mercy, be charitable where possible. Um, which means that if a cradle Catholic comes to you and says, but, you know, I think Bergoglio's Pope, and I mean, he was voted in, and isn't he the Pope? Or maybe they say, well, you know, Bergoglio's definitely a heretic, but, you know, the, the rules of the Catholic Church say that we don't have the ability to tell him he's not Pope. Now, those people are confused. Because, of course, um, you know, the, the, the Satanists and Freemasons that infiltrated the church and that perverted it absolutely were aware and knew very well that canon law of the Catholic Church, first compiled in 1917, that book of canon law of 1917, which is one volume, one book, about $80 on Amazon, has all the laws of the church. And they were valid at the time that it was published, and they were valid when Vatican II came out. Vatican II is heresy. Therefore, everybody that's involved in Vatican II is a heretic. A heretic cannot be a Catholic uh, cleric, or indeed a Catholic. And after having been, you know, told that, hey, you're promoting heresy, if within six months they don't recant, repent, and publicly state that, you know, they reject that stuff, they automatically lose their office. No pronunciation required by anybody. The law itself convicts them. That's what Canon 188 Part 4 states. And there are other canons that support Canon 188, so it's not just a one-off taken out of context, you know, like the atheists when they quote the Bible. It's a very clear rule. It was there for a reason, and the reason was obviously quite obvious, sensible, and needed. So, there you go. Now, they knew that, the, the infiltrators, so they created the new canon law of 1983. And the fake new canon law of 1983, of course, invalidates all the actual canon law of 1917. And um, for specific example, if you go and refer to canon 192 to 194, which are the ones in the new fake canon law, they're the ones that replace canon 188 in the original. And you read them, and they actually don't make logical sense. They, it's absolutely clear that the intent is to destroy the ability to make anybody lose their office by the law itself. In very fact, when you read Canon 192, the fake canon, it says, oh, these things will make you lose the office by the law itself. And it only lists three things instead of the eight that are in the original. Of these three things, uh, one of them is... Um, publicly, you know, um, defect from the Catholic faith. So you think, oh, well, it's the same as 188. No, it isn't, because there's a part two to Canon 192. And the part two says, even if a person is found guilty of one of these things, there still needs to be an official pronouncement by, you know, other clerics that he is no longer a valid cleric. So it's not the law itself then. It actually contradicts itself right there within a paragraph. It's, it's absurd. It's, it's, you know, it's like the UN Declaration of Human Rights. If you ever read that document, it's a, it's not worth the paper it's written on. I mean, you can't even wipe your ass with it because the paper's a bit rough and the ink probably comes off. It's absolute bullshit. There is, it, it invalidates and contradicts itself every few paragraphs. Just like the UN Declaration of Human Rights. Absolute nonsense. Okay. So, Canon 193 of 1983 is, of course, invalid, it's fake, it's rubbish. And it's very interesting to me to see that someone like Anne Barnhard, who is a very hardcore Catholic, and who I have to thank for, for this information, because most of it comes from her, and not all of it, but quite a lot of it, 
and she and she's the only one screaming about this from the rooftops so more power to her of course Anne is completely wrong about Ratzinger being the Pope I've discussed this before you know Anne is a girl she's very uh, emotional about it and she's she's in her way she thinks she's doing the right thing but she's not Ratzinger's no more Pope than Bergoglio is and never was because he also is not a valid Pope not a valid cleric of the Catholic Church and in fact is one of the architects of Vatican II therefore an arch heretic just like Bergoglio now you don't believe the legal argument you don't believe the canon law or maybe you just don't know about it most of people most so-called Catholics don't know about it they're just ignorant if the evidence was put in front of them and if they have an IQ at least of a hundred right and if they took their time and it was presented to them in a simple way within half an hour they'd be like oh they'd at least stop and think about it right but again judge them by their fruits so let's look at Bergoglio if you believe that Bergoglio is your Pope now I've had dealings with people like this right there's a guy who I did a whole I fisk his his whole blog because um he keeps blogging about how Bergoglio is the Pope and I would kiss his ring yeah I'm sure you would kiss his ring and we're not talking about the one on his hand if you still think the Bergoglio is Pope it's absurd so you you gotta understand that um he has just this is the tip of the iceberg right but it's going to be a big tip and it's a sharp tip so Bergoglio's list of helpful pederast to the pederast okay he's the vicar of pedophiles on earth that he is he's put and promoted only pedophiles to very high positions of power the latest one that just came out is um, Gustavo Zanchetta now Gustavo Zanchetta as soon as uh, Bergoglio was made fake pope he was one of the guys he immediately made cardinal and then he sent him off to Oran a border town in Bolivia which is like in the middle of fucking nowhere which is basically the stench of horseshit and child screaming because Oran is a flaming pedophile abuser faggot of the worst sort and why did he put him in Oran well guess what guess how many kids go disappearing from Bolivia and places like that where there's almost no checks dirt poor Bolivian kids being sold into sex trafficking slavery essentially and Zanchetta Gustavo Zanchetta was in charge of these things it became so outrageous the guy had pictures of himself naked you know with other people doing all sorts of sick shit to the point where a document of this uh, this was all documented including his own selfies naked selfies you know with a heart on whatever sick shit was up to was all sent to the Vatican in 2015 as a complaint they did fuck all and then what happened he was basically driven out of town okay this guy now has an international warrant of arrest for child molestation uh, abuse you know general sexual abuse of seminarians adult ones as well and what did Bergoglio do immediately flew him over to first hit him in Spain made him disappear a bit and then without telling anything to anybody may brought him to the Vatican where he can't be arrested because he's inside the Vatican city which is a city-state so it's uh it's got its own sovereign territory and made him essentially number two in the um 
sort of Vatican Bank. In fact, the position that he created for this guy has never existed before. Nobody knows what this guy's supposed to be doing or what his job entails because the position has never existed. He's basically number two to the financial guy who looks after the, the Vatican Bank documents. Very interesting considering that uh, Cardinal Pell, uh, who is now in jail because he was accused of you know messing with, with uh, teenagers or whatever like 30 years ago, but apparently, Cardinal Pell, uh, although he is scum, don't, don't get me wrong, had started to, um, he was in charge of the Vatican Bank finances, and he started to like question a lot of things. And all of a sudden, well, uh, you have to go to Australia and answer these charges of child molestation. You've got to understand that the Vatican is a bathhouse. They're all absolute gay pedophiles in there, and they're all blackmailable. So when Pell went off the reservation, so to speak, all his shit came out, and now he's in jail. Deservedly so, probably, without almost any doubt. Um, he might not deserve to be in jail for the things he's been accused of, because apparently he wasn't even in the physical same location as, as the things that, when those things are supposed to have happened. I don't know. I didn't follow it. As far as I'm concerned, they should all be burnt at the stake, so, you know, I don't care. I'm not here lamenting poor Cardinal Pell's jail sentence. Fuck him. I hope he gets raped in jail, too. So that he knows what it feels like. Um, but all that Bergoglio has ever done is promote pedophiles to very high positions of power because they're blackmailable and guess who was um, Bergoglio's boyfriend now in Argentina it's known that Bergoglio had a homosexual relationship with this guy and again when he became Pope what did he do? fake Pope he didn't go and live in the traditional um how you know place where the pope's supposed to live instead he remodeled santa marta which is basically a hotel to the tune of three million dollars yeah and pretending that he just wants to live a humble as a humble man he had the whole fucking place redecorated uh for to the tune of like i said three million dollars and why well this allowed another gustavo gustavo vera to come and go as he pleased at least once a month from argentina this guy met privately with the pope and part of the reason that this remodeling was done was so that uh, good, good old Gustavo Vera could come and go as, as he wished. You know, these are all the allegations. I'm just going to say a little legal disclaimer here. These are my opinions and what I believe happens. Don't believe me. Go check it out for yourself. So um, Gustavo Vera could come and go from, you know, the bedroom of Bergoglio as he wished without too many eyes on him. Who is Gustavo Vera? Well, Gustavo Vera is um, what has been alleged to be a child trafficking pimp of ranked boys throughout Argentina. And in fact, um, this is well known throughout Argentina, but um, it's also well known that both Bergoglio and Gustavo Vera will use sicarios you know, to kill people, to beat people up, to intimidate people into staying quiet. Again, this is also known pretty much throughout Argentina. And... Um, this Gustavo Vera was accused by a woman called Natasha Jait of being what he was, a child trafficking pedophile, um, gay uh, pimp. And what this guy does, he runs what is called, I think, Almeida, or Almeida, I can't remember the exact spelling of it, which is supposed to be, guess what? Oh, for protecting children. So he's got the perfect cover for getting all these poor little kids and making them into sex slaves, essentially rent boys, who he pimps out in the various gay bars in Argentina. 
And when there is any uh, rape boys, you know, male prostitutes, abused kids that are not with his little gang, then he seeks the police on them and um, makes raids on these clubs and whatever that don't have his protection. Full on mafia using children as um, sex slaves. Traffic children as sex slaves. There's actually intimations that apparently he actually buys the children from poor families and so on. It's, it's like really sick shit, okay? These are all allegations. I don't have any proof. I'm just telling you what I believe, right? Go and check it out for yourself. Um, now, it's very interesting because, of course, Natasha Jade was uh, murdered. She was found dead with multiple organ failure. Now, Natasha Jade worked as a prostitute or uh, worked as, did all sorts of shit. And, you know, she was no clean, driven snow saint by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, she even came on a show on Argentinian television, which I watched. Um, I'm pretty fluent in Spanish. I understood what was going on. And you could just tell, if you know anything about body language, there's a lady that does body language. I wish, uh, I don't know if she's done it on this one. She, she's, she's, I think she's from Tennessee. Uh, she speaks with a very uh, Southern accent. It would be really great to put her in, um, in front of this, you know, to, to have her analysis this, this video. So if any of you know her, get in touch with her. Um, because you can see, I mean, I'm, I'm good at this stuff anyways. Um, I've got, I think I've told you on the Asperger's video, which is probably video number four, that um, I've got this ability that is, um, some people with Asperger's have it. It's, I'm, I'm like a natural. I can tell when people are lying. And I might just let it slide if I don't care what it's about or whatever, you know, but I, I can tell somebody's not being truthful. And it's absolutely clear to me that Natasha Jade was telling the truth. And, of course, the other people on the panel, journalists, uh, we're saying, no, but you, you've got no proof. It's nonsense. You know, I'm a journalist of integrity. I know. Now, let me just be absolutely clear here. There are certain classes of people that I do not ever give the benefit of the doubt to for anything. Because in my life experience, these people have proven to be scum time and time and time again. Lawyers, politicians, and journalists, they're all in the same class. Lawyers live on literal human misery and stretching it out. Journalists are trained to lie about everything. Okay? The, the journalist's refrain is everyone has their own truth. Okay? And yet no journalist I met ever wants to apply that level of bullshittery to the concept of walls. Because when a journalist tells me everyone has their own truth, I say no. There is an objective truth. I always say that and they always fall into it. Well, no, your truth is not my truth. I said, guess what? I'll tell you right now. I guarantee you that you will 100% believe me that there is an objective truth within the next 10 seconds. And all you have to do is allow me to prove it to you by taking your head and ramming it into the nearest wall repeatedly until you scream to the top of your voice, the wall is real and we all agree. So far, no one's taken me up on it. You know, I guess they all know the wall is real. You know, none of them have denied it. It's interesting that, isn't it? Anyway, so these journalists are saying, well, you know, we are respected journalists. Why should we take your word, who's a whore, over ours? Let me be perfectly clear. I will take the word of a prostitute over the word of a journalist every single time and twice on Sunday, right? Every time. If I have to bet money on it, I will take the word of a whore over the word of a journalist. I'm not joking. This is absolutely true. Anyway, this Natasha Jade 
who invest she sort of infiltrated this 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 thing to figure out what it was and she was absolutely disgusted you could tell in the interview she was like these people are fucking evil they abuse little kids they, they should fucking die you know you could see that was was in their eyes she sent out a tweet which i shall uh, quote translating from the spanish notice i will not commit suicide i won't be bought off or drown in a bathtub nor will i shoot myself in the head so if that happens it wasn't me save this tweet and the it wasn't me in the spanish original was um, in capitals right guess what happened natasha jade was found dead of multiple organ failure of what they believe is supposed to be a drug overdose now this woman had had drugs in her past no doubt about it most prostitutes have uh, dabbled at the very least if not hooked on it uh, but she was absolutely complimented as you could see in that interview that you know she was a jaded person she was you, you can tell you know people that have been through stuff um, but i believe they're 100 percent and she was supposed to go to court to um, uh, to testify against this um, Gustavo Vera, this child trafficking, molesting, pedophile, evil son of a bitch, boyfriend of Bergoglio. And again, if you think, oh, well, this is all speculation and lies. No, let me tell you what else Bergoglio has done since he's come to power. And again, this is just a tip of the iceberg. Everything that Bergoglio has done is promoted pedophiles, child abusing scum, right? Theodore McCormick. Did he know about Theodore McCormick? Of course he did. He knew about it years before. Who did he put into the, the place where they... Um, Francesco Coco Palmiero? Absolute flaming gay fake priest uh, or cardinal, whatever he is. And his secretary, Luigi Capozzi, were, you know, involved together in a cocaine-fueled homosexual orgy in the Vatican. I mean, the cops actually, even though it's in the Vatican, actually raided the house and found all these fags snorting coke and doing each other up the butt, you know, in, right next door to... Uh, Santa Marta, where the Pope lives. Fake Pope. Bergoglio. Um, what else? Well, you know, Bergoglio's known about all these guys. They've had warnings about all of them for years. And he promotes them and puts them in places of power, as he did with Coco Palmieri, as he did with Theodore McCormick, as he did with uh, Zanchetta, and as he has done with uh, the other Chilean guy that uh, also was accused of child molestation, trafficking, whatever. And he just, no comment, no comment, you know, kind of tried to dodge it. Uh, he specifically and individually targets anybody who does actually do anything about uh, child sex abuse and, uh, you know, pedophilia, priests and so on. He actually dismissed three half-decent priests. I don't consider them priests because they're still Novus Orcos, so they're not valid. But mentioning what I said before about the, um, you know, be prudent and charitable, they're there are, I've admit them, you know, there are no doubt um, fake non-Catholic priests who believe they're Catholic priests because they don't know the whole story. They just went along with it. They turned a blind eye to the bathhouse orgies that happen in the seminary. And maybe there are still a few here and there priests that are like, oh, we'll just kind of close our eye to like Vatican II and I'm, I'm, everybody's going this way. It's got to be the right road. You know, that's, that's the weakness um, that... God spits out, right? Be hot or be cold, because lukewarm shall be vomited out from my mouth. It's in the Bible. And, you know, lukewarm. 
oh, well, uh, well, yeah, maybe they've got a whole bunch of child sex molestation and heresy and Vatican II is absolutely the reversal of everything the church stood for for like 2,000 years. But, you know, what? kind of want my job, you know. Is that guy a Catholic? No, as far as I'm concerned, he's not. And he's going to burn in hell. If, um, you know, he, he should burn in hell. I don't believe he necessarily will because God is merciful. But as far as I'm concerned, you're not Catholic and you're certainly not a cleric of the church. Nevertheless, there are a lot of fooled people. And so in the, um, what is called uh, the doctrine of the faith, there were three of these priests that actually had tried to take some action against pedophilic priests. And guess what? Bergoglio individually, by name, had them fired, had them like, get rid of them. Um, to Cardinal Mueller. And Mueller sort of didn't act on it for a while. He was like, well, but why? And then eventually met the Pope because he said, well, you know, he basically refused to do it until he met with uh, with Bergoglio. I keep, you know, referring to him as he's a fake Pope. You know, Bergoglio is not the Pope, let's be clear. He pretends to be the Pope. So when Muller asked to, to meet the anti-Pope Bergoglio, um, and eventually, you know, got postponed, postponed, postponed. Eventually, Bergoglio met with him, and Muller said, but uh, your eminence, you know, why why should I fire these guys? You know, what, what is the, what have they done? Uh, I mean, I'm not aware that they've done anything. And Bergoglio's response was like, well, I'm the Pope, and I don't have to have a reason. Just obey. That was it. He got up there. So, he keeps promoting pedophiles to high positions of power. He's destroyed anything that has any resemblance to the actual Catholic Church, even though there's no nose organs. He has destroyed the Franciscan Friars of the Immaculate, which was the actual number two size sort of order of um, the Novus Order Church. You know, so again, I'm not saying these guys are legitimate Catholics, but they are probably a lot of them are legitimately fooled into thinking they are Catholics. And on those people, we should be relatively merciful. On those people, their intent is good, their intent clear. I've made this comment before, you know, I've been asked this question, but like, I was baptized as a novice order, like, as a baby, like, am I baptized or not? And I say, you know, I'm not a priest, I'm not a theologian, but my understanding of the reading of the, the canon law is thus. Even an atheist can baptize you validly. So... In all likelihood, your baptism is probably valid. All that is required for baptism to be valid is that the correct words are said. So, uh, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, whichever you say. You know, in Latin it's easier. Um, and that the intent of the person doing the baptism is to baptize you. That's it. Now, you can't really go to intent, and I'm not 100% sure whether it's a canonical requirement. Also because you have to understand that as a Catholic, you are considered baptized anyway by intent, by blood, by fire. So let's say you are not a Catholic yet, you're not being officially baptized, but you go to war for the faith and you die in battle. You're considered as baptized by intent. So your intent to act and behave and be a Catholic, a Christian, gives you, um, you know, God has mercy on you. That's the, the, the belief. Again, that's why the thief next to Jesus wasn't baptized, but he still went to heaven, right? Because he was like saying, hey, leave our, leave him alone. You know, like, well, the other guy was like saying, oh, we're, we're murderers and we're getting hung up here. And like, why don't you free us if you're so powerful? And the other guy saying, hey, look, we deserve to be on the cross because we're murdering, thieving scum. This guy did nothing wrong. Leave him alone, you know? 
And Jesus turned and said, you know, to you, you will be in heaven with me later today. So that guy went up to heaven and he wasn't baptized, obviously. So there is sort of a little bit of a clause there. But my um, understanding of it is at least, and it's just my understanding, doesn't mean it's 100% right, but I believe it is, is a prudent priest of the Catholic Church would say, you probably no likelihood are baptized. And you're just fine to just come and join us. You don't have to do any special sort of thing. They might give you a little bit of catechism, a little bit of lessons on catechism, because obviously, if you are not aware of the whole Vatican II heresy stuff, you need a bit of catechism. You know, it would be good for you to understand what's going on. Um, that said, and, and also to understand how the, the real church uh, has been taken over and how the Novus Orca Church is a perversion of the real church so that there are divergences in what you're taught in the Novus Orca Church compared to the, the real church. So it would be good for you to have a bit of catechism. But, you know, in essence, what we're saying here is you were probably baptized validly. If I, you know, to be absolutely prudent, it may well be that a priest of the Catholic Church would say, if you're not sure, if you think that maybe the priest that baptized you was some sick freak that really did not intend to baptize you at all and really kind of did it wrong, you don't remember because you're a baby, maybe your parents are dead, maybe your parents don't remember because they're old, you might need to get baptized again. And it would probably be, um, because the Catholic Church doesn't believe in rebaptizing. Re you know, you baptized once, that's it, you're done. You don't have to ever do it again. You don't have to like, oh, make sure it was done properly. It's done. But there might be special circumstances where they say, well, we will do it just to be safe. But it's not a requirement. It's almost never necessary. And um, if it is redone, I believe, and I'm speaking on the correction, but I believe that that type of baptism is sort of more of a quick formality and it's just done briefly rather than the full whole hog of, you know, a proper baptism. I had like a 24-hour crash course catechism and then there's a whole bunch of stuff you have to like read and answer with the priest. And then you have to prostrate yourself in the, in front of the altar and so on. You know, th there's a lot of, um, there's quite a bit of stuff to go through to become baptized properly. So I believe that a baptism of, let's be sure, is quite a shorter affair. So, but anyway, these things are important, you know, like the details of, to get back to the cradle Catholics, if you think that this guy is your Pope, really, you think Jesus would put this guy in charge of the church, who promotes pedophiles, protects pedophiles, makes sure the pedophiles don't get caught and go to jail. I mean, there was a, a priest with AIDS, or a fake priest, you know, a, a satanic um, Freemason cleric, as I as I'll call them from now on, the Freemasonic clerics of the Novus Orca Church. One of them. Um, had AIDS and raped something like 30 kids. Yeah. Well, guess what? The Novus Orca Church pardoned him. Yeah. Uh, who runs the Novus Orca Church? Bergoglio. So there you go. Um, and the reason he also destroyed the, um, the Franciscan Friars of the Immaculate is because these guys were one of the, the orders that still did the traditional Latin Mass. You have to understand that the traditional Latin Mass, anybody that tries to like, pervert it, change it, or whatever, goes absolutely against one of the papal, papal encyclicals that was written like, you know, four or five hundred years ago when the Reformation came out, I believe it was, probably around there. 
quo primum. It's called quo primum in Latin, and it absolutely states the Latin mass is unchanged, has been unchanged since the beginning. And again, you know, all the Protestants freaking out, no, oh, there's never such a thing. Listen, you morons, there's like third century um, churches with altars. You've got the altar, you've got the veneration of Mary, you've got like veneration of saints in the mosaics of the altar of the church. You've got the Eucharist being represented. It's absolutely clear. Read the Patristic Fathers, okay? The Holy Mass has been done in the Catholic Church from the beginning as God intended. And it's a Latin Mass was made Latin Mass, so it was the same all over the world. Now, technically speaking, does it actually matter if you say the Mass in Latin or if you say it in Greek or Chinese? Technically, no, it doesn't matter. But the whole point is, the reason one of the Pope um, made it like wrote this quo primum was because it had become standardized and it's like right it's working it's doing its its work so this is it there is no reason to change it there never has been any reason to change it and anybody who tries to change it would only be trying to hurt the church would only be trying to destroy the church there are also um, elements so you know if the mass was said in whatever Chinese instead of Latin and it was a proper mass it would still be valid now what the Novos Orkins did is they didn't just change the fact that the mass is now said in whatever language that's not the point the point is not the fact that it's not done in Latin anymore the point is that they've actually perverted the whole mass they've changed it to a degree that it's unrecognizable and I've written about this before and I've put a link in the comments um, of that video and if I've got time I'll do it on this video as well of a brilliant video, not my video, somebody else's video, that takes you through the, the like, it, it's probably like a hundred points that the Novos Orco Mass does, which are absolutely sacrilegious, go against papal encyclicals, go against the rules of the church, go against simply the rules of, not just the temporal rules, but the actual, you know, belief in God. And here's another thing. For all those of you economicalists, you know, like Owen and Box and whatever, let's be absolutely clear here, okay? And even you atheists and pagans and what have you, either there is a God or there isn't, right? If there isn't, well, I'm sorry, but that just doesn't work. There is a God. Mathematically, I've done videos on the maths of it. It's absolutely certain that there are higher intelligences at work here, okay? So now it's just a matter of which kind of God. If you actually genuinely believe that there is no God and that everything came about as random sort of particle bumping into each other, you are an idiot and you cannot be, you don't actually know how to do basic maths, like elementary level maths. You, you don't understand maths at all. You certainly don't understand anything about physics, uh, biology, chemistry, or any of those topics or actual science, real science you're clearly um, out of your depth if you're an atheist as per my Oxford uh, English dictionary here. So there has to be a God. Now it's just a matter of what kind of God. Now is it the God of Hillary Clinton who demands sacrifice the eating of children, you know, Moloch, or is that one of the demons, you know? And when you go through it like this, the only God that actually makes sense is the christian god the catholic god you know jesus christ is our lord and god is his father and there is the holy spirit so that 
um, belief system. Now it's like, okay, let's say you agree that it is a Christian God is the true one. Now it's like, well, which Christian God? And it's absolutely clear that it cannot be the Protestant God, because otherwise it would mean that God has allowed everybody to go to hell for a thousand five hundred some years, and then a German guy who wanted to bang nuns fixed it all by changing the Bible, literally. And the other guy that gave him a lot of support that allowed Protestantism to actually take off was, um, you know, King Henry VIII, who originally rejected Martin Luther, but then he had a bit of an urge, you know, he wanted to murder or divorce his wife, whichever came first, and um, the Pope wouldn't let him do it. So he said, yeah, well, you know what, then I'm with the German. He wants to bang nuns. I want to bang anything else other than my wife, so I'm going to kill my wife. Then I'll marry another one. Then I'll kill that one too. And, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. Church of England. Those are the creators of your church. The creator of my church is Jesus Christ. And uh, the leader of the apostles, Peter, the rock, Pietro. You know, again, if you speak Latin, this is very clear. His name was Simon. Why do you think God changed it? Jesus changed it to Peter. Because Peter means rock. Pietro is, you know, Pietra is rock. Pietro is the masculine form of the rock. And on this rock I shall build my church. And, you know, there's people that are like, Oh, you follow Michael Heiser. Michael Heiser says Jesus was talking about an actual rock. It doesn't matter if Jesus was talking about an actual rock, because when he said those words, he said it to Simon, whose name he changed to Peter. So he may well have meant, as Jesus often did, more than one thing. This is the rock on which, you know, the satanic temples are founded. And you are my rock on which I shall build a church. You're both the rock on which I shall build a church that shall destroy Satan. So it makes sense. And again, so Protestantism is completely out the window. It has to be. You're not left with either Catholicism or Orthodoxy. And then you look at their fruits, right? If you're not sure, again, this is not difficult stuff. What has Catholicism done? Well, it has catechized the world. What has orthodoxy done? It stagnated and kept to its own little sphere and betrayed Catholics when they came to help them and take back the holy lands every time. And the fourth time, the Catholics got a bit pissed off and sacked Constantinople, which I would have done on the first crusade. You know, never mind the fucking fourth. I would have raised that thing to the ground. I would have expanded my empire. Never mind, like, you know, just sack Constantinople to teach them a lesson. I mean, you call me here to help you against your invaders. You tell me that, oh, yeah, you can have those lands, you can't have those lands, whatever. I kick the ass of all the invaders. I've given up all my lands, all my stuff at home. I've not taken the stuff out. I say, hey, do you want to hold on to it? No, you don't want to hold on to it? Well, then, fuck you. I'm going to hold on to it. I've given up everything at home to come here, free your ass. Now I'm going to hold on to it because you're not doing it. And um, then it's like, oh, you stole our lands. No, we didn't fucking steal your land. If you'd done your job, you know, we'd have gone back home. And they kept it for 200 years. And I mean, th there's documented evidence of the, 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 the Catholics saying, okay, we've taken over the land. Now, how about you guys come over, take over here and keep it because we don't live here. We live over there. We're having to have sent ships and money. You know, you guys not even helping us. They didn't even help with the, with, the, with the money, with the food, nothing. In fact, they made alliances with the Muslims to kick off the, the crusaders. Absolute fucking 
travesty, you know. That's what the Orthodox have done. I say, oh, but, you know, they fought the Muslims for, for you know, centuries. Well, th did they? Because it seems to me like they just made pacts. I mean, the Muslims were raiding um, European coasts. They certainly raided Sicily. They certainly raided Spain. They certainly raided Portugal. They were raiding all those coastlines, which are a lot, a hell of a lot further away than fucking Constantinople, which is right there. Yeah. Oh, we, we kept them at bay. No, you did fuck all, right? You sold out. So if you're an Orthodox, you sold out. And also, if you're an Orthodox, you don't have to read the Bible, honestly. Because the stuff that you diverge on from, from the Catholics is, is stupid shit, right? It's like, well, does the Holy Ghost proceed from the Father and the Son? Or No, it only proceeds from the Father. Well, read the Bible. It's, it's patently obvious that the, the Holy Spirit, whatever the Holy Spirit is, comes through the Son as well, right? So, again, it's, it's not rocket science. And... How many people did the Orthodox go and catechize to? No one. They kept to themselves. Why the fuck isn't Japan Orthodox? Or China? Well, China's got a shitload of Catholics. And Japan had secret Catholic samurai. That we only found out about recently because their swords had a little cross thing into them. Because to be a Catholic in Japan, you'd be put to death. The Catholics catechized the world. All right? And, you know, whether, if you think, oh, but, you know, they did it by the sword and the flame, sure, you know, omelets, you got to break some eggs. But really, do you think that what the, uh, you know, what the Spanish did in South America and the Portuguese did in South America was terrible? Yeah, sure, it was pretty nasty shit. Compared to what, though? Compared to what the Aztecs and the Mayans are doing? Here's a suggestion for you. Watch the movie Apocalypto. Because that film is 100% accurate, historically speaking, as to what those people were like. Now, I happen to know this because I was interested in that shit. Since I was 16, I've been reading books about the conquistadors. All sorts of, I've got all sorts of weird interests. You've got to remember, I've read thousands of books. And part of this stuff also came out because at that age, when I was 16 or so, I was studying in England by myself. Didn't really get on with the English people of the Midlands. And there were some exchange students that came to a place near where I lived. And I started talking to them. There was an Italian guy there. There was a Spanish girl. started talking to the Spanish girl a bit. And I asked her, well, you know, what do you guys think of the conquistadors? Because, well, they're heroes. And I was like, what? But I've always been told they were like evil bastards that killed the poor, you know, like Indians. And she looked at me and goes, well, in our school, we're taught that these guys went there to civilize these savages that used to, you know, kill babies and cut out the heart of 10,000 people a day. I was like, yeah, they sort of skipped that part, you know? So I started to like look into it, you know, just read up by myself and try and find out what's going on. Who was Hernando Cortez? And where are the original documents? I've got documents from some of the original, um, you know, translated versions, you know, published versions of the original documents of people like Captain Orellana, very interesting, very interesting um, documents. And it's absolutely clear that there's no doubt in my fucking mind, you know, whatever the Spanish did that was evil and shit, I'm sure it was plenty of it, and the Portuguese even more so, because, you know, they're closer to monkeys. Have I not offended your nation yet? Just wait your turn. And, um, you know, I'm sure they did some horrific shit. Compared to the Aztecs and the Mayans, it was a fucking party, right? And, guess what? The whole of South America is Catholic, more or less, you know, those Orkins for the most part, but, um, you know, they're waking up too. And 
they're all kind of still got their own genetics. What did the fucking Protestants do in North America? Do you genuinely know anybody that is a full-blooded Cheyenne? I don't know if they even fucking exist anymore. Right? And the sure shit ain't Christians anyways, the few that are left. Because you didn't catechize them. Because Protestantism is evil. Ultimately, it's evil. That's not to say that every Protestant is evil. They're just even more fooled than the idiot Catholics, you know, that think they're Catholic. You have to understand that the dominion of this world is under the prince of the air. He is the father of lies. His name is Legion. Do you really think that you know what the fuck's going on? You have been lied to about everything, right? Not about the fucking earth being a globe, though. Don't go down that fucking stupid road. And no, there is nowhere in the Bible where it says the earth is flat. Nowhere. And the word firmament is translated from a Hebrew word that essentially means the expanse. Okay, the sky. What else are you going to fucking call it? Right? It's not a dome. You don't live inside a snow globe. Evolve. Grow a fucking brain. Learn some maths. Learn some physics. Test this shit out for yourself. Right? The, the Greeks fucking before Jesus knew that the earth was round. Right? So why don't you? They sure shit didn't have all the technology you have now. Why don't you? Figure it out from first principles. Okay? Alright. There's enough of a sort of... <coughs> little bit of a multi-rant. And that'll do for this Saturday. And hopefully I'll see you soon. It's almost an hour long. So, you know, try to make up for the absence, I suppose. And just remember... Warrior Monks, by the way, got another one added to the list. So if you're in London and you want to um, do some basic catechism and learn how to, you know, punch, get punched, take a punch, all that stuff, let me know. We'll put you on the list. And when we eventually you have a first session, we'll, uh, we'll get in touch. All right. That's it. Good night.